There is a scripture that says, draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. And you have to ask yourself, how close are you truly drawing to him? What I mean by that is Christ is light. The scripture says, the words I speak into you, they are spirit, they are life, right? So how close have you got into aligning your life, heart, and mind with the words of Christ? If Christ's words are truth and life, and spirit and life, because you have to think about it like this. You have a choice. Are you going to make a devotion or a half-hearted devotion? Are you going to be on both sides of the fence? Yeah, to me, it's remembered devotion. We have to be fully devoted now. There's no half devotion. I mentioned this in the first podcast was as clear as day, very audibly heard the voice of God speak to me in a very powerful voice during a time where I believed in other gods. I believed in the Egyptian sun god Amon Ra. I believed in Buddha. I believed in the Hindu gods. I believed in all these crazy things. Me too, me too. And when God came to me, he spoke to me in a clear and audible voice and he said, read the Bible. And it was so powerful. It was so loud. It was so clear that it literally certified that this Bible is 100% to me. And just like he spoke to me, and I'm talking about someone, I've done a blood sacrifice to Lucifer. I lived on the dark side my entire life. And for him to have the consideration to come into my life when I was up in the panhandle in a Florida prison system and speak to me in a clear, audible voice to get my life on the right track and right path, He will do the same for anybody. Like, this is not a God that hides himself from you. He will make himself clearly known, clearly seen, clearly heard. I'm glad you brought that back. My friend said, hey, God is a jealous God. When she came to her version of Jesus and I came to my version of Jesus, and I was like, oh, I had to get rid of all these other icons and temples. And I'm not proud of that because I believe that all these other beautiful people, these different cultures aren't going to hell with their perfect faces. I said that the last time, their smiles or whatever, right? But at the end of the day, is God a jealous God? Is he a possessive God? Is he a firm God? I mean, does he not deal with no nonsense if you're being not committed to him? Is God harsh? I mean, just let's just revisit that for a second. You're like, hey, how nice it was him for him to go find you while you were so, you know, like not in his way, right? I'm saying like, we got to go off and God was always with us and he was kind of tracking us even when we weren't doing right, even when we were doing other things. There's all this niceties about it, right? And then he connects with us, you know, and you're like, wow, he connected with me and my me of all people, but he did, right? But then when you do and or before you do or as you're doing and as everyone else is doing, is he also a badass, harsh God? Does he not put up with bullshit when he, when he gives you some consciousness? I need to understand this. He doesn't and we're, we are held responsible. And one thing he does, so the scripture, there's an illustration about a, that we are the bride of Christ, True believers are the bride of Christ and that we are entered into a marriage, if you say, right? A marriage of, of a one spirit. We're entering into one spirit with God. Just like when 
a man and woman become married, the Bible says they become one flesh, right? This is a great mystery that the scripture says, but it's an illustration of what happens when we enter into eternal life with an eternal God. We enter into one spirit with him. What this means is that, for an example, right? Say you and your wife, you know, you're fully loved and devoted to one another. And then next thing you know, she's out sleeping around. Say she's whoring herself out. Say she's selling her body and just for sex, just for the thrill of it, just for fun. Any type of husband who loves his wife will have extreme anger, rage, and jealousy and pain that comes with it. And this is exactly the illustration that we have with our relationship with God. It's not something that is taken lightly. The scripture says you have entered into a blood covenant with the living God. And a blood covenant, it's a type of a marriage. You know, just like you become married to your, your husband or wife and, you know, you're committed to one another, you are entering into a blood covenant. But this time, the blood that was shed was the sinless son of God to save humanity from the depravity of sin and to bring us out. And so when we dig into that blood covenant and what it truly means, we're in, we're bound. We're bound in this agreement. And the agreement is, I'm putting my faith and trust in you. And in return, you are my savior. You are saving me. But not only that, when your third eye is open, there's nothing else. This is the truth of life. And one day in the future, the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. There won't be no unbelievers. There won't be no evangelists. No, the entire world system, every person living will bow their knee to the throne of the Son of God and confess that He is Lord. And so when you really think about that, like everything else becomes so small. Well, let me ask you that then. There's a lot of people who think that they're just way too intelligent to believe that there's anything called a God, that there's any kind of higher consciousness that this, all this Christianity is recycled and has been used against us and Catholics are raping kids and, you know, religion, religious, you know, organizations have just, you know, destroyed anything that is really human empathy, right? I mean, like Christianity in itself, we already know, you know, we can see it, you know, it's abuse of power. So what do you tell the intellectual who's sitting in this world right now who has a really hard time grasping that there's any higher power what do you tell that intellectual okay so this is in and there's many different points and it's a discussion and obviously you'd have to have a discussion and you'd have to have a debate in truth and what you have to dig into is the key points of life whether it's your dna code that has this huge complex you know, information code inside you. All information comes from an information giver. But getting into that, we are living in a finely tuned universe. Everything, there's literally millions of things that have to go right for this thing to work. And if one thing is out of place, if the earth is off three degrees, we're going to have the entire Arctic melting and we're going to have craziness just going everywhere. I mean, listen, Everything is in its perfect order and everything is held in its order by a creator. You know, then someone would say, well, how do you know your God is right? And, you know, digging into that, first off, staying into the intellectual argument, 
Yeah, creator, intellectual. Wow, is there a creator? Like, we're all just like, you know, organically, just molecularly showed up here, and there's no creator, and everything is kind of serendipitous, maybe, but yeah, there's no creator, is what intellectuals would think. And so, what they're doing is first, they're neglecting history, right? Now, some history, they, oh, because it was written down and we don't have video of it, it didn't happen. But before we entered into the information era, everything was transferred down from the generations oration. through writings. Oration and writings, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, right, yeah. And people, culture after culture after culture was sharing with you about dark and, you know, good and evil, yin and yang, you know what I mean? Like heaven and hell. I mean, this has been going on forever, right? Why would all these cultures for thousands of years continue to try to tell their grandchildren and their children and their, and their children's wives this and their husbands if it had no relevance? Absolutely. The, the intellectual has to ask himself, why would all these cultures worry about this if it had no relevance? Absolutely. And not only it answers the major questions in life, why am I here? Why is life the way it is? Why am I who I am? Why does everything have to die? If everything has to die, why couldn't everything just be forever? I mean, going in death into, you know, the, the main questions and probing them because everyone has a worldview, you know, whether it's an evolutionist or whether it's a, whatever it is, you know, like you're living in a world of a matrix and different dimensions and life isn't really life and all these different things. Everyone has a worldview, but probing the major questions in life will help you understand life the way it is. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, why is Christianity the world's biggest religion right now? Why are there billions of people worshiping this God? Why are people that are living complete lives of hate, darkness, and sin completely hitting a 180 and transforming their entire life, throwing away all the evil literature and books, all the sin? Why, why are they throwing that away? I mean, you got billions of people worshiping this God. This is all the evidence points to it. There's a documentary from, uh, I don't want to say of Sproul's, he was a detective, didn't believe in God, and he tried to prove that the Bible was wrong. And guess what? As a full-blown atheist, he became a, devout, a devoted Christian that's evangelizing the world. I mean, so many people, if you sit and dig down into this and take a leap of faith, take a step of faith and say, God, if you're real, I want you to reveal yourself to me. I want you to make yourself clearly known to me. I will seek you. I will try this. And I, what I'm asking in return is that if I draw close to you, you will draw close to me. And that's the Bible says that God cannot lie. And you're taking the scriptures and the words of God at face value. And you're going to experience him because, you know, you knock and it shall be opened unto you. And you will experience the power of God in your life greater than you've ever experienced it before. But the thing is, is perseverance. Perseverance. You have to persevere. You have to stand in the faith. Whenever the trials and tribulations of this world come against you, it's not a time for you to turn your back on God and say, well, I just started believing in you and I just found out my wife was cheating or whatever. You have to understand that we are in a spiritual war and that Satan doesn't want to let you go. The devil does not want you to get yourself in a place of alignment in the provisions of God. He doesn't want that. One thing I know is that Satan will always make you feel 
like you don't need Christ. That is so powerful. He will always make you feel like you don't need him. You know, I can just do whatever and it doesn't really matter. This is the way Satan moves because he wants you to neglect. He wants you to fill your mind with all these entertainment concepts this world throws at you. And next thing you know, you are completely out of line. You're not on the right path in one thing after another. And Satan has dominion over you again. You're living in sin. You're not praying. You're not doing anything spiritual. Uh-huh.